Wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait. In the video, they have this. They have this uh, family room. It's about three minutes and seven seconds in. They, no, they, it's a bedroom, right? It's this bedroom. It's a little fireplace off to the side, and up on the ceiling, a good twelve, ten to twelve feet in the air, is the TV hanging off the ceiling. It's like, well, we don't want to put it in front of our big giant you know, sliding glass door. Okay, I can get that. But are you serious? Way up on the freaking ceiling? You know how you, you go to the theater and it's packed, right? You got to sit in the front row because it's the only seat left. Yeah, that's what this would be Just like. Just do that every single day. Welcome to the Archispeak Podcast, the podcast for architects by architects, where we discuss all things about architecture. I'm Neil Pan. Each episode, Evan Troxel, Cormac Phelan, and me invite you in on the conversation as we talk about everything in the profession, both the good and the bad. Maybe you're considering a career in architecture, you're still in school, or you've been around the block more times than you'd like to admit. Join us in the studio as we gather around the water cooler and talk about this profession we call architecture. It's time for some Archispeak. Are you ready, Coric? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 29 of the Archispeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxel. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And Evan, do we have some friends of the show to announce? We do. We have four fabulous new friends of the show this week. And uh, it's been a great week for donations on the Archispeak podcast. So thanks to everybody who donated. The first one is Beverly Pryor of HMC Architects. And she donated 10 bucks. To the cause, and she said that the show has kept her entertained on her flight from San Francisco down to Ontario, and we thank her for listening. Thanks, Beverly. The next is Chris Grant, who donated $50, new friend of the show and longtime listener. Chris Grant works with architects, so I think he's listening to the show to try to get some insight into the psychology of the crazy world of architecture. And he's an amazing 3D artist, and uh, you can check out his work at ChristopherGrant.com. Thanks, Chris, for your donation. We really appreciate it. Uh, the next new friend of the show is Niraj Chander, donated $20. Niraj says that he loves listening to the podcast and he wanted to reach out to help keep it going. He loves what he does, and if he wasn't practicing his craft, he'd be trying to figure out how to practice his craft. So thanks, Niraj. We really appreciate your donation. And finally, but not least, is Angelo Morasco of Cadence Studio out of Colorado. And uh, he's doing some very cool stuff. He wrote a very cool note to the show, and we'll probably be talking about that in a future episode. But again, Angelo Morasco donated $20, and we appreciate it so much. If you'd like to get your name read on the show, you can head over to arcaspeakpodcast.com slash donate, where you can make a donation, help keep the show going. We appreciate every dollar, and uh, we would love to read your name on the show. All right, so that is it for new friends of the show this week. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome week. 
Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Um, that's that's great. Um, so so this episode, um, we're just uh, we we, we kind of stumbled on something, or at least I just did, and uh, so we're going to just go for it. Uh, we're going to talk about some house plans, and specifically, we're going to start with this dream home source. Never heard so of Cormac. It. Never heard of it. Cormac <laughs> Cormac has. He's been talking about it. So. <laughs> Actually, it was uh, something that was um, posted, uh, and Evan helped me out because you just reposted it on Google+. Yeah, it was on Big Time Small and Firm. I, I'd heard about this a couple months ago, and I watched this video, and we talked about this a while back, but I just thought, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this last week, so I think we were messaging and stuff during the week about this link to a video by Hanley Wood, right? And uh, so I asked on Google Plus, where'd that come from? And Jess Stafford, one of our friends of our show, he um, he posted the link back up. And there's a pretty good discussion going on there uh, on Big Time Small Firm, the Google Plus community about this as well. But um, so I, I messaged you guys the video earlier this week, and it's a gem. So yeah, tell huh. <laughs> Neil, you're just watching it. What do you think? Wow. Well, you know, um, we should probably give a little background here, I guess. I was going to say well, before, go ahead. before we go before ahead. we get the opinion, let's kind of tell them exactly what the the video was about, so that uh, you know we at least put it in context. Well, I mean, how this all kind of started was we were talking about the AIA convention, right? This coming, you know, Chicago, two thousand fourteen, and. You, you've been having conversations with other people about that, and you were saying Hanley Wood. And so I said, well, do you know about Hanley Wood? Do you know what, you know, because they, they published the magazine Architect, and everyone who's a Which member the of the AIA gets that for free, right? Yep, yep. For the low, low price of uh, about $400 of your fees. Depending on what state you live in. True. And uh, and More so, like yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> There's in you California. Have, you've got a good link about that, right, Neil, on your uh, website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. I'll put a link into the show notes for that one. Yeah, you guys, everyone should check that. out Neil's uh, why he's no longer a member of the AIA on his website. So there will be a link in the show notes. We should probably mention real quick. If you go to arcaspeakpodcast.com/slash/episodes/slash/29, you can see the show notes for this episode where there will be links to the things that we talk about. You can also sign up to just have those delivered right to your email box. If you go on any page on our site, basically on the right-hand side, there's a little sign-up form. And you're just going to get show notes um, with all the links emailed to you first thing Monday morning. So they're waiting for you so you can follow along on the podcast. And uh, a lot of people have signed up for that. It's pretty fun. So check that out if you have a minute. But yeah, Neil's got a great article about why he's no longer a member of the AIA on his site. But um, back to Hanley Wood. Um, so, yeah, they published the magazine Architect, right? And so no no problem. And Residential Architect. No problem there, right? So they're, they're offering a, a service to all architects throughout the, the entire United States for that. And at the same time, they've got this video, and we should put the link to that in the show notes too, where they're selling home plans, right? So why don't you, Cormac? What what did what did you see in this video? Well, the thing that I loved most about it is they gave you the great 
selling points that a lot of architects would do too is you know talking about how they can you know kind of work with you to to get that plan that you know is is right for them you know build them their dream home and all that other stuff and, and you go through it and it, it all sounds great okay wait stop end, right there don't give away the okay. ending everybody uh, go to arcaspeakpodcast.com slash episodes slash 29 and watch the video Pause the podcast right now. Watch the video. <laughs> okay? Spoiler alert, because we're going to get into what, what, what happens in that video. So check it out. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thanks, thanks for watching <laughs> that video, because um, now you're probably, if you're an architectural professional, burning, just like we were, when... At the very end, they basically come back around and they say, well, you know, and all of, we can customize these plans. We can give you an extra uh, bedroom. We can stretch this bathroom. We can do this. We can do Anything that. Anything you desire. All for, you know, possibly double the cost, which is, you know, half of what you would pay an architect. You're like, wait. No, 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 no. It was double. It was double the cost of what you would pay them. For, for the stock plant, plant, for your stock right. plan, so they said two thousand dollars <throat> for customization, for yeah, and then so they said that would be twice as much as what you'd pay for the stock plan. So you, I'm assuming it's a thousand dollars for the stock plan. So for three thousand dollars, take it away, Cormac. You can get a fully customized plan that will save that they can turn around in two weeks. And it will save you time, money, and headaches from dealing with those pesky architects. <laughs> <laughs> now, and the, and the, the, I guess the dripping irony of it all is that here is a site and service selling customized house plans. Okay, so that is the, dreamhomesource.com, right? That is basically... At the end of this video, kind of taking a shot at why you would not use an architect, why you, it's better for you to use their home plan service than to use an architect from a company who makes a boatload of cash off of marketing and selling their magazines to architects. Oh no! The AIA is paying, is subsidizing. Yeah, I'm sure their magazine, <laughs> right. right? So they're using architects fees or associate fees right those that are not licensed that pay aia dues they're using those fees to subsidize these magazines and this company to basically cut our knees off where's my wtf stamp yeah my wtf stamp is is just bleeding with red ink right now but you know and, and they'll say but no 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 guys what what we're doing is we're selling these plans so that when that person gets it back to whatever municipality that they're going to build this house in, that municipality will say, but you have to have these stamped by an architect. Well, it depends. So right? what's yeah. wrong with that? It depends. <laughs> That's true. In fact, actually, you don't have to have it stamped in, say, if I were to go to um, build a house around the Rockville, Maryland area, and I go into the um, permitting department for Montgomery County, Maryland, they, re- they do require a stamp 
but it can be from could be an engineer. A, it could be an engineer right. or an architect. Whoever's going to assume the liability of that floor plan. Right. Um, and then there's a few other things that they require, like, you know, a, a geotechnical survey or a grading plan. Actually, sorry, a grading plan. Yeah. Only a grading plan. So you can completely circumvent the system and just go straight to a an engineer, have them sign it. And most likely, you know, a guy who's, you know, a, a structural engineer who works for a bigger firm who kind of does this on the side and never uses his license so here's his chance we'll probably charge you a couple hundred bucks for it yeah well at least i would think and you're gonna get charged a lot more for an architect to do it than you would an engineer i would think oh sure because you know you're you know the any responsible architect would if they were going to even consider reviewing these plans and putting their stamp on it, they would have to make sure that it meets their their basic requirements. Yeah. And, you know, because it's their liability. You're, you're, the second you stamp it, you're stamping your liability, assuming everything is now on you. Yeah. I, I, I'm wondering, though, even then... If you're even, you know, it depends on the state, but I, I, there's, there's even, it, it's illegal to do that in a lot of states. You can't even sign and seal someone else's drawings. So, yes, some architects may do that, but usually the, the law, well, I, I shouldn't say usually, but in some places the law is that they, you can only uh, seal drawings that are your own. Hmm. Or you're under your direct supervision. So it depends on, on where you are, and every state's a little bit different there. But, but yeah, you well, could. They, I mean, you could charge. At that point, why wouldn't that architect just charge you probably more than, you know, because it, it takes a lot of time. you got to go through all that stuff. You have to coordinate it all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah it's a mess. Well, Neil, let me ask you this, because um, you've worked with um, production home builders before. Yes, I have. So they... They sell all of these different, you know, home plans and stuff for developments, I'm sure, that they're developing and stuff like that. What, what's their, what do they do to get a, uh, a set of drawings signed and sealed? You know, um, in my experience in the production housing industry, um, a lot of houses, well, they're, there's two two approaches that most home builders take. One is, have we built this house before? And, you know, can we make some modifications to it to make it adapt or indoor fit to a particular lot size for a community? And if it's been a successful house, they like to use it. Um, sometimes they'll re-elevate them. Um, and other times that sounds they'll just... Fancy. Uh, well, you know, it's production housing. You, you slap I'd a different... Like you, you slap a different uh, sort of uh, elevation uh, style uh, onto the front. Yeah. And, some, you know, that oftentimes includes, you know, different window um, uh, sizes and, and um, configurations, um, you know. But it's, it's basically you manipulate the pieces, manipulate the pieces in the front. Um, you know, sometimes you pop something out or back in a couple of feet or a foot and, um, you know, you make it work. Anyway. It's it's not um, 
you know, there, there's multiple levels of production housing. I've seen production housing that have sold for literally multi-millions of dollars, you know, in some uh, Southern California uh, residential areas. Uh, so, you know, that, that's to a point where it's, it's almost like a custom home, um, but it is production. I mean, there's multiple uh, houses of the same plan in, this, in, a, in a particular development. Um, but anyway, so it is, so if they if they have a plan that they can use, they usually come to an architect that specializes in this type of work, which one of the firms, a couple of firms I used to work for did that type of work. And, you know, there is a lot of design involved in that. And uh, I know a lot of people don't really think much about it, but, um, you know, it quite frankly, the the houses and or the projects I've worked on probably affect a whole lot more people than most of your custom residential architects ever deal with in their entire careers. You know, because the houses I've worked on, literally thousands of people are living in. And so, you know, it has a big effect. But anyway, I'll get off the soapbox here. Just uh, the point is, is that they'll either come to you with their own plans um, that you have to refresh. And quite honestly, that happens a lot. Um, it does also happen where they'll come to you and they'll need a design. Hey, we need something that fits on this type of lot. And usually that's driven by the municipalities. You know, they're looking for a a certain type of product uh, for their city and or site. And you have to make it work. And so you have to design something from scratch. Builders don't like to pay for that because it's more expensive, but they realize the only way to get a project done you have to do that. And that happens a lot in California, especially in the Bay Area where I live, San Francisco Bay Area. Um, you know, it's really hard to just pull a house from Texas or Arizona or some other Midwestern town um, or, and bring it here to California and put it up into the Bay Area in the Bay Area. Most municipalities just won't, won't stand for that because it's um, too plain and you really have to do a whole lot more to uh, make a house work here than you do in other parts of the country. So, um, you know, it's a little bit different. But this, I've never had a developer come to us and say, hey, we bought these plans off a website like we're talking about here, Dream Home Source, and, you know, we need you to stamp these and and make it happen. That, I've I've never, you know, in 20 years of working in this business um, and working for production developers, that that's never happened because they want to own the houses. You know, uh, I was looking through the, the, their website here, the frequently asked questions. And one of the things is you don't own the rights to, to modify these plans beyond what they've given you or make a certain number of copies. And so, you know, you don't own these, these houses and the developers that, that I've worked for, well, you they don't own, you don't own the plans to the house, right? Is, yes. Is yeah. You don't mean well, they don't own the house. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. You don't own that the the plans, and a lot of builders like to use the same plans over. Uh, you know, as the home building industry is nationalized, you know, th- twenty to thirty years ago, there were small home builders all across the country, and over the last thirty years, um, most of them, I shouldn't say most of them, I'm generalizing, but many of them have been purchased by the big builders. And so the big builders have become huge, the Pultis oh, yeah. and, you know, other, other uh, you know, the KB, um, 
have just become these huge conglomerate because what they've done is they've gone to smaller areas and bought them out. And then now they become, yeah. you know, it's a Richmond American home instead of, you know, oh, it was, you know, Bob's small builder. Well, now Bob's small builder has been, you know, absorbed by these big builders, but they own their own plans. And so they start with that. But where this site really gets back to is, you know, I'm a, uh, in fact, I had a client recently, they, they, the land purchase didn't go through, so it didn't happen. But, you know, they were looking to buy a lot and put a house on it, a total custom home. And, you know, what this site is doing is saying, oh, you don't need an architect for that. You know, just pay us $1,000 and poof, you know, two weeks later, you have a set of plans. Yeah. And it's like, really? I don't know well, about other areas, but that would <laughs> like never fly here. Yeah. Well, think of, think about it. I mean, this is to me. This gets down to what what people are comfortable with, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, because of the way that you know, and I can really only speak to people in the United States. The way that people are used to shopping for things, they lump architecture in with those things, and so they're very comfortable shopping through a magazine or through a website, and. They, they're dreaming, right? Oh, man, that looks awesome. I would have never thought of that. I mean, to me, this this is a level above what they are capable of thinking of when it comes to houses. And so this is super fun for your average Joe to look through these magazines and dream. And And honestly, I think a lot of the reason why our industry is falling short is because we don't share in this manner. And and those people are, they're not comfortable hiring an architect and paying to dream by the hour when they can flip through a magazine for three bucks or five bucks or a website for free and, and, and just sit down and have that fun conversation with their family about what they want to do in a house that, you know, if they're serious about building, they're having these conversations and what who are we to stand in their way or to say, hey, you should really be hiring an architect for that? I mean, well, uh, you know, there there is one thing, you know, what you're going there, Evan, is that uh, there's another house, or, excuse me, site called House, uh, and Zillow Digs is another one, where they really promoting um, architecture and, you know, and design and showing, you know, great photographs. They invite uh, professionals to have a site on their site and showcase their their work. And what's cool about that, and it's kind of where you're going, is it's fun to go look at that stuff. Heck and yeah. I go look at it as a professional and go, hey, you know, I use it as a tool, actually, for my clients to say, hey, you know, it used to be go look through some magazines, clip out things that you like. Now it's like, hey, search on the web, go to house, yeah. you know, search uh, bathroom. Save a Pinterest and board and start collecting, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and that's fantastic. And this, you could do something like that with this this site. But, you know, what's different here is that they're saying, you know, hey, you don't need that person. You don't need this architect. Um, you know, you can have it. And, and I think that, you know, the, the problem I have with this, uh, you know, several problems, but one of them is, you know, when I sit down to talk to a new client, you know, I'm trying to solve a problem and I, I'm trying to get them to tell me what their problem is, right. especially if, you know, more like when I'm doing a remodel. Uh, but 
even if I'm doing a custom home, um, and this one I was I was working on a little bit last year that ended up um, not going forward, but you know it was like they had very specific things that they wanted, and you know maybe this these plans may, maybe they could work. I, I'm, I I shouldn't say they couldn't, but you know most times when the client's looking for a custom house, they're looking for a custom house. They want it to meet their needs, and that's what they're coming to us for. You know, if you're just buying this and saying, here, um, you know, go build this, well, I, uh, maybe you're going to get what you want. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not, but or you're going to spend a lot of time customizing it down the road because I think the people that are looking at this and buying these plans, they can't read a set of plans. They don't even know what they're buying, and they don't have any idea that how big a room is or how small it might be. And I think they're going to be surprised. Yeah, but you know, I, to me, this, these are the same people. It's it's everyone. It's it's people who buy cars, and you know that's the biggest thing they've bought, or they bought a house before. And honestly, the the difference is, yeah, I mean, you said it. You know, architects solve problems, or they or they make the space fit the family, right? They they solve their functional issues, but people aren't used to that. They're used to buying Toyota Camrys, right? And and it's the it's you know it's the Volkswagen, it's the car for the people, it is the car for all the people, and that's what they're used to. They're used to buying the thing that everybody likes, and I think where we're really falling short, and one of the reasons, I mean, Neil, you can probably have a little bit of insight into this is when when I worked for Apple retail, it was it was drilled into you. When someone comes into our store or purchases something, it is the start of the relationship. Where if you go anywhere else, it is the end of the relationship. The transaction is the end. And when you're buying a house plan from Hanley, Hanley Wood, that is the end of the relationship. And they are very clear with that. They say, you know, don't come to us if you have any problems. Right? And architects can solve that problem and it is our job to tell everybody about that it is when you come to an architect it is the beginning of a relationship and i know mark lepage is very good about saying this at entrearchitect.com our clients come back we have relationships with them it is it is a a multi-year it is a decade long it is you know a lifetime long relationship that we have with our clients and they call us for lots of little things beyond that initial call and i think that is a a thing where we can really differentiate what we do it is the beginning of a relationship we are here to help you from here on out you've you've partnered with us and a partnership does not last just a certain amount of time it's it's from now on and and yes we're professionals right and and we do bill for that kind of stuff because we're offering our expertise but but more importantly, it's not where the relationship ends. You're not on your own. We're going to get through this together. We're going to hold your hand through this whole thing. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that's exactly, you know, where these websites, not just this dream home source, but all of these other plan home, um, not the not the builder sites because that's, that's a slightly different one, but all these plan home sites, you buy the plan, you get the plan, and now you're on your own. Right. And 
there's a lot of things that happen. I mean, we were talking about, you know, well, if you get it, you know, now it's got to be signed and sealed. It's got to fit the site. It's got to, you know, you've got to do all of these other things. These are things that aren't sold as a service through these websites. They're just, it's, I don't care, you know, I don't care how you get it on the site. Now you've just got a plan to maybe fit your site. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, they're kind of left scratching their head saying, okay, well, what do I do now? Or maybe it doesn't fit at all. <laughs> it, it, it might not fit at all. Yeah. You know, and, and they're left scratching their head trying to figure out exactly what it is that, you know, they need to do next. And that's not, you know, that's just part of many of the services that an actual architect will be providing them when, you know, they start the journey of trying to build their own custom home. Yeah, it's and it's scary. Wanna... It's scary for a lot of people, right? I mean, it's their life oh, yeah. savings. Well, you know, you were saying that, you know, it's easy for them to kind of just, you know, one-stop shop. You know, they see something glossy in the magazines that they're like, ooh, I like that. And then, you know, they sit around with the family and they're like, yeah, yeah, I like something like that. And, you know, so they click buy and, and move on. Yeah. But, you know, what we're failing to do is get out there and tell them that that's not really the most responsible way of home of custom home buying or or you know building your dream home um shopping because there are the many other factors and things that go into designing and building a custom home or just any you know i mean big home little home whatever there's all of those other little factors that take into into consideration and you've started to talk about a lot of those you know the different things about the relationship and we're what we're failing to do is tap the market to let everybody know hey we're here to help yeah the reason that they go to these is they're like well you know i was really worried about um you know the you know an architect costing so much or you know well they're unapproachable because they wear black and fancy glasses and hey you know they just scare me <laughs> well i mean you 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 know, you kind of get, it's no, it's I get like it. Those, it's it's why it's, people go to CarMax instead of a dealer, right? Exactly. They go to exactly. CarMax because it's a no haggle price, right? And it, versus going to a dealer where, okay, everybody goes into the dealer thinking the dealer's in control, right? But but actually, you're the one in control. And there's lots of success stories out there about people who go into dealer and and hold to their guns and. And, and they work out an amazing deal because they're not going to be the ones who are taken advantage of that day. But but lots more people are comfortable going to CarMax, right? Yeah. Well, because well, there's the... no fear there, right? This is what right. it is. Right. It's like the least path of resistance to get to what I want, which is a new car, you know? Well, you know, one of the things, I'm just looking at this website a little more in detail as we talk, and... You know, one of the fundamental things that you that you first have to start with is will the house fit on the site, right? And as I look at, I've looked at three different ones now. Not one of them shows an overall dimension. So it's like you're you're looking at this house. It shows you, you know, here's your square footage. Um, has some. Myth- oh wait a minute. Okay, I'm mistaken. It does say width and depth. It does have. Uh, don't it doesn't show dimensions but it says a width and a depth so i guess it gives you some overalls but you don't really know much more than that i guess yeah well but 
it's you know, still a little frustrating. And but you know there are I I've experienced these types of phone calls where it's like, what's your price? And it's like, you know, what's your price to add? I, I literally had this. I think I might have talked about it before, but it's like I want to add a hundred square feet to my house. How much are you going to charge me? And it's like I don't know anything about the project. Uh, I know nothing, but the the what's what's frustrating about that is that i'm not i'm not a house plan guy you know i i don't sell a product i sell a service and that's where i think architects need to really differentiate themselves is we're not selling a product and i and we've kind of hinted around at this a little bit tonight but um it's a service and we service our clients and and it's what you were talking about evan with the relationship that that relationship is a service that we provide uh, and there's value to that service, and it goes way beyond what you can purchase from these sites that are basically selling a product. And, the, and when you buy it, the relationship ends, and you're left hanging out here with, with nothing. Yeah. Well, I think everybody's said this throughout the different podcasts of an experience that they've had. And, you know, I remember one that Evan was talking about where, you know, you went in to a project and they kind of had all these preconceived notions of exactly what they sort of wanted. And after everything was said and done, they got something so much better than they could ever imagine that it ended up being a part of their marketing and branding, you know, and that's and you're right. You know, I mean, that's what we do is we end up. You know, we take this journey with them and help them understand, you know, the whole process, pitfalls and everything else. I mean, we're there to help guide them through, you know, construction process, the whole thing. And that's where we're failing is that we're people are coming in, you know, and and it's a very typical American thing. It's how much are you going to cost? You know, what do I get for my service? You always start there. You know, we always start with how much is it going to cost, yeah. and they're well, not looking. They're they're not looking for, you know, what, you know, they they want. They just want the end result. They right. don't fully concept. Yeah. They, they they don't have the full concept of what that journey is going to be. They want the end result, just like the Camry. You know, if I go to CarMax, this is exactly what it's going to cost me. Right. Boom! I walk out with the keys to my Camry. Yeah. And that's what they're looking at. Boom. I want to walk out with the keys to my house. As painless as possible, right? As painless as possible. And the thing about, you know, architecture is there's nothing painless about it. It's painful. <laughs> well, but 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 working with an architect doesn't have to be painful. Exactly, and, so. and that's the and that's where I was going with it. Is that okay? You know, rather you know, everybody has this preconceived notion that architects are hard to work with, and it's really just the opposite. You know, architects are there to take the pain out of what can be an extremely exhausting, challenging thing. You know, process. Um, you know, anytime somebody tries to, you know, remodel their home and do an addition and, and or, you know, something bigger like a school or something like that, it's a huge, huge undertaking. And there are so many different challenges to get to that end result where somebody's handing you the keys to your new house or your new school or whatever. And we're educated 
to understand all of those challenges and bring it to the table and, and ease the, the, the client's pains. Whereas, you know, going out and buying that stock house plan, that's just the beginning. I mean, okay, you, what you've done is you've, you've loaded the gun and, but you haven't taught them how to shoot. You're just good. So now they're going to just do go random and yeah, that's a horrible analogy, but you know, I mean, you see where I'm going with this. It's just, they're, they're not they're You've given them one small piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Right. And well, then you're telling, you're telling yeah. them to actually go and solve it. All right. Let me ask, let me turn this on its head a little bit. What about architects selling their own plans, their own designs online? Well, you know, I was going to actually... how how different is that? And... Well, I was going to bring up the yeah. custom modular homes that I've done in the past. I mean, you know, modular home, the whole point, the whole point to all of that was is that we knew we were going to kind of lose our shirt on the first one or two, but these were return plans. But the thing that we always wanted. You know, the thing that we always hoped and dreamed that we were going to be able to do is that we were going to be able to be involved with every one of them. And for the ones that we, for all of the custom modular homes that we did, we were involved with every single solitary one of them. We cited it. We, you know, made any modifications that it needed to, whatever we needed to do to make the the site work and you know and but we were taking the responsibility we were guiding the the client so it was essentially the same service that we would do a one-off we would do it you know with you know some of our modular homes and stuff yeah it's it's not that these sites aren't terrible because you know they're you're getting a product but the thing is is that where is Again, let's go back to the whole, whereas when you're coming to me or you're coming to you or coming to Evan, you're, you're buying a service that has a product as the end result where you're going to sites like this, you're buying the product and that's it. And now you don't know what your next step is to getting that end result. I mean, you're only getting a set of plans. Well, a set of plans are about as useful as a roll of toilet paper when when you when that's all you have is just a set of plans and no knowledge of what to do with them. Yeah. No, I I don't think that I don't have a problem with with people buying sets of plans. Um and I mean the real problem with the Hanley Wood thing is that they publish the magazine for the AIA and they're telling people that they don't need architects right i mean that's like yeah that was that's the, the real problem here with this yeah. um because i honestly think that architects could do a lot of good in the world by offering what they do as a product just so people get it right just so it's easy for people to understand i there's a lot of architects who offer stock home plans in quotes oh yeah who yeah who go through the whole process with clients and they teach them what they need to know and they make it enjoyable and they take the fear out of it for people, which is really a great service that they're offering, even though they make the client feel like they're buying a product, which is well, what you're talking about. Well, one of the things that we had hoped, you know, before the recession is to do almost simply that is, you know, there are, um, uh, there's, there's, there's a firm that we, 
um, that we knew of uh, down south, uh, LRK, um, Looney Rick's Kiss. Um, great, you know, nice firm. And they do a lot of high-end residential work. They do a lot of commercial work and stuff. But they also offer house plans. And, but they're selling the house plans as a bundle package with the service. So it's not that you're just going and buying that plan. It's your, you're buying a, you know, you, you could be buying that, you know, preconceived idea of the plan. Well, now you're buying the service from us to help you concept, you know, take it from the conceptual plan that you see on the website to the finished product. And we're there to guide you through that whole process. Yeah. Um, same thing with a lot of, um, you know, a lot of new urbanist communities, they sell stock plants, but they also sell the service of like the town architect. The town architect's there to kind of help guide them through the process of getting it from the conceptual piece of paper that they see to a um, an end product. I mean, we worked with um, a uh, developer to kind of help create some basic stock plans that they would be purchasing that along with the services of the ta- of the town architect. Um, you know, in it has always been a bundle package with the service. Yeah. You know. Neil, you're going to like this. Uh-oh. Because I'm looking at a floor plan right now of a... And it, <laughs> the title of the page says Blueprints. All right. Ooh. And it's on the... It's on eplans.com, which is one of the links Ooh. to get away yeah. from uh, from the Handley page. And it's funny that it's called Blueprints. But, you know, again, they're, they're just speaking to what people know. And this, I'm looking at this mess of a floor plan with a glass floor made out of glass blocks so you can see the floor below. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at the contemporary, in quotes, plan. So the vaulted great great room and the glass floor and the open to below and the plant shelf and the vaulted nook and the the kind of chipped off edge of the kitchen countertop so it looks very natural. There's a spa, there's a gas grill, there's three fireplaces. There's lots of hangers in the walk-in closets. Uh, and that's all on level one. And, a lot and, of stuff. and so to me, it, that's exactly it. This is a checklist, and and the reason I said, Neil, you're going to like this, is because, to me, this is how people shop for personal computers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, yeah. this is walking into Best Buy, and this is, this thing has everything I need. And nobody is, is thinking when they're looking at this stuff, and I'm totally preaching to the choir, I get it. No one is thinking what their experience is going to be. Well, you know, the two comments about that. First off, did you scroll to the bottom of the ePlans website? Let me, it's let me the go back. Same, it's the same site. It's Handley Wood. Yeah. No, I, I with, know. With everything. It, so it's like it, it's the same site, just, but just, just rebadged. Everything is kind of reconfigured on the page, so right, it doesn't look right. exactly the same. And and exactly. they've got links to the social media, and they've got links to house and... And they've got a, a toll-free number yeah. that you can call, and there's quotes that that you know talk about how awesome they are. But but the thing that I want to focus on is how there are a lot of people in this world who shop by checklists. 
They right, want the right. tech specs. They want to make sure that they that everything that they want is just checked off the list. And I think the thing that architects offer, and again, I'm speaking, I'm preaching to the choir here. It's all that stuff. You know, one thing leads to another. It's all interrelated. It's about the experience. It's about how you live. It's not. It's about why you live. It's it's actually more about why you live than than how you live. You know, there's I mean, a lot you, of things there yeah. going on where where people are just buying based on that checklist, and and I think that these these sites are are catering directly to that. They get it. Like they're totally mm-hmm. aiming for those customers. And I think something that we do kind of poorly, maybe we could do better, is we obviously we we try to solve people's specific problems. And so maybe we should talk a little bit about how we can actually reach those people a little bit better. How architects can reach those people because I know you wanted to you'd mentioned earlier this week about talking about social media people have been asking about how you know maybe right. and maybe this plays into that a little bit well i don't know does does social media help us reach those people that are that are checklist buyers i i'm not sure it can maybe it can but totally I mean, can you, know, you think so absolutely but go ahead well i i don't know because i mean i i mean i've got um a couple of different twitter accounts and one is for my business and one is more my personal use. Um, and I tweet architecture on both, about architecture subjects on both. But I try and keep my business one, you know, more to other types of things. And, um, you know, I don't have a lot of followers on that one. Um, and quite honestly, I don't think there's any clients. I mean, maybe there are some clients that are looking at that Twitter feed. I mean, it's linked on my on my business website. Um but I, I'm not so sure. Be, you know, I try and I do try and um, repost some very interesting articles that I find on House and on a few other websites um, that are are more geared towards um, you know my type of clients. You know, the the small person that wants to do a remodel or uh, maybe a small custom home or something. So I'm, I'm treating, you know, interesting things about, you know, what do you do about your yard or what do you do about, you know, uh, your office space and how do you make it more efficient or effective as an office space or, or any type of room in your house. And so I, I do tweet those types of things to try and reach clients and maybe they're seeing that maybe not. I haven't had anybody that's hired me or contacted me mention it. Now, that being said, I have had several clients contact me by saying, I searched for an architect and your website came up. I liked the images that you have on the page and I decided to call you. Yeah. You know, that has worked. So any architects out there that, you know, are thinking, you know, will that portion of quote unquote social media work for me? I'd say definitely yes. You know, but will things like um you know tweeting about it or i mean i do have a facebook page for my professional site as well again you know there's a billion people on facebook i couldn't tell you if any of my clients are paying any attention to my facebook account no and and my facebook page so i'm not sure that's a good way to do that i have had people contact me through house 
So really, you know, if I was to make any suggestion about social media for architects, I would say go to where your people, your potential clients' eyeballs, and, and we're all going to have different potential clients. You know, for, for me, I have found House is a good resource for that. Zillow Digs has been a more recent one that has been, um, I haven't had anybody contact me through that, but I've noticed a lot of people liking some of the imagery that from my projects that I put there. Um, you know, but you would think with a billion people on Facebook, somebody, I don't know if I don't see people searching for architects on Facebook. Yeah. Well, here's, here's what I, I'll try to sum it up because it's, it's a huge thing. And I, a lot of people ask the question, um, and I'll tell you like what I see is I see people start social media in quotes, (laughs) right? Because it's this big unknown amoeba. Um, and they give up after a little bit of time. Yeah. And honestly, everybody, this is the long game. You have to play the long game. Oh yeah. And you have to share your experiences and it is not about your portfolio. It is about building trust. You have to become the, the food. I, you know, I said this before, you have to be the food network. You have to be the chef who gives away your recipes. Do you think that they're worried that some other chef is stealing their recipes? Hell no, they're not. They are not worried about that one bit because it's their recipe. They're the ones giving it. And architects need to think the same way. If you share what you know, people will trust what you say because you continue to deliver. And I, and it it's not only going to help your business, it's going to help architecture. It's a It's a... This is a big deal that we have to get over. This is not about showing what you can do. It's about sharing your stories because people want to be a part of those stories. But, but Mr. Tropsel, yeah. if, if I give my stuff away, won't they go to them instead of me? Is that, isn't that okay? That, the, it, but that's the, that's, that's what people are feeling. It's just like, you know, but I don't want to give away. It's funny because architects potential... are more afraid than the clients are. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, you know, because the more you give away, the more you are recognized as an expert a person to go to you know give, that knowledge give, base give 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 and you're playing the long game you're not going right. to see someone is not going to call you out of the blue i did i remember when i was doing websites in the not in the late 90s and i did a website for this guy and the, and i i went in to collect my money and he said you know what i'm not paying you i said what are you talking about i did this whole website he said no one's come to my website no one's walked in through my <laughs> doors because of this website mm. he just immediately thought because he had a website that everybody was going to come visit it and every and therefore everyone was going to come into his shop and it's like okay this is just the the beginning of the story I mean, and this is people still think like that people still think yeah, well yeah, i'm yeah. putting stuff out there how come nothing's happening for me and they give up right but honestly you have stories to tell and people want to be a part of one of those stories one day they honestly do. They want to be part of a success story. And and that's where we can really succeed in what we do. We can help people become a part of a story. You know, it, I hate to bring this up. As it's, it's almost a trivial comparison. But, you know, I like watching American Pickers. 
And <laughs> one of the things that they like to talk about most oh, is Oh, man, that they just love to find the, people and talk. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, that, but the thing is, is that they they love this story. Yeah. They love the knowledge that they get from these people. You know they get you know, more money for the crap that they sell because there's an amazing story attached to it. Exactly. Oh, you know? Totally, it, totally great analogy. All right. Well, I thought it was going to be uh, trivial. No, it's it's <laughs> awesome. It's the same reason people buy race cars at at an auction for a million dollars because it, oh, yeah. because there's a story attached to that thing. You know, yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. Go ahead you know, with your like, trivial story. I don't know. Well, it's just like you know you you know you've got and I'm going to go off on the the car tangent because you know we're car guys but um you know i was i was watching you know now that i've got hd channels and all this other stuff you know there's this great um great channel called velocity and uh you know there's there was a this one show and he takes his cars to the auction and all that other stuff and he went out and you know there's this one particular uh episode that this guy bought um, a Porsche, really low miles and everything else. And it was, you know, a very, you know, it, it was sort of a rare, you know, it was rare to be in its condition for its age. Um, and it sold and he was really disappointed that it didn't sell as, you know, higher than the other one. Um, you know, one that was very similar. The one that was very similar to us had a story, you know, it had been in the pet, you know, it had been in the garage of, uh, you know, a couple of uh, famous actors. It's been raced. It's had all of these other things. So the value was its story. Yeah, absolutely. The value was, it's- it, you know, the experience that that car had. Other than the car that, you know, the exact same car with much less, you know, mileage and things like that. The better car, you know, right? Was ju- yeah. <laughs> yeah. The better car was just a car. Yeah. Well, but what's that? This was a story. What's that TV show where where they go, people people line up for hours and hours and they bring their antique, antique roadshow, oh, right? Oh, yeah. An- antique roadshow. And, and, and they show up with a Civil War sword, right? And that, that's worth $5. And then the other guys got one, you know, three weeks later and it's worth... Five hundred thousand dollars because of the story behind it. It's, right, it's the right. same stuff. Yeah. This was the blade that brought down, you know, Stonewall Jackson. Yeah, people want to be a part <laughs> of that. I mean, honestly, that's where we we need to help people write their own stories, and we need to help people tell their stories and think about real architecture that you know we still look at today. You know, like I mean, Cormac, you visited Falling Water. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all about the story and the setting oh, and, yeah. and what they yeah. accomplished and, and how they pushed the limits of construction and how it's falling apart and how they're sagging. And I'm, but, but people love to talk about that stuff, even though half of the, the camp who looks at that house looks at it as a failure because it hasn't, it's not holding up like he said it would um, versus the other half who's like, it's an iconic thing that no one's ever going to forget. I mean, it's, that's what architecture can do. It- and the thing that captivated me most about Falling Water was the stories that they told about, you know, how Frank Lloyd Wright came in and they were like, you know, it's just like they were standing on the the banks of this uh, river and they were saying, you know, hey, you know, this is where we want the house because we want to capture these views. And Frank was like, forget the views. I want the house in that river, you know, and he was just in 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 all of the different stories of how that house came about, how that house impacted, um, 
the Europeans view on American modernism, you know, where before, before that house, they thought we were just, you know, you know, we were the commoners who didn't understand, you know, true international style and modernism and stuff. And, and then here, you know, Frank comes in and he throws down the gauntlets like, here it is. What do you got? And, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it was the stories that made that house more than what it really is, is just bricks and mortar, yep. you know? Yep. Um, and, and, I, and I guess in a way that's what we've come we're coming full circle back around to, you know, all of these e-plan websites and stuff like that is that you can have a house, you know, but it's the, you know, it's, it's the story, it's the journey, it's, it's everything else that, you know, architects can kind of help conceptualize greater than just, you know, click here it is, you know, now what do I do kind of thing. Yeah. Well, back to the social media thing, Neil, I think something that maybe people want to hear about is, you know, a lot of people are looking for a recipe on how, how do I do this? But I, you know, I think this gets back to the story thing. I mean, social media started with the blogs and it, and it should be about you telling your stories, having a, your website shouldn't be a portfolio for other architects to look at. It should, ah. you should be telling the stories well, that you want to me- get out. Let me give you an example of a story and where it can go. And I'm going to reference, uh, it's funny you mentioned about uh, recipes, because there's a movie called Julie and Julia. Yeah. I don't know if you uh-huh. guys have ever seen it. It's a good mm-hmm. movie. Um, it's actually a very good movie, uh, but uh, very entertaining. But it was started because this, this woman, Julie, uh, became a blog, uh, started a blog as a challenge to basically cook every recipe in Julia Child's first book right so you know where did this lead it started with a simple blog and suddenly it grew and grew became this huge thing how did that happen they made a freaking movie out of it right (laughs) and so it just started with one person reading it right actually it just started with one person writing it i mean and one person writing it's amazing the way that these things catch fire i guess i guess so what we're trying to get at is that you know to be successful in social media, you've got to tell a story. You've got to work. You've got to work. Yep. It has to be. It's. It is a lot of work, um, and you know, you it can happen, but it takes time. It, there is a long game involved, and hey, maybe eventually they make a movie about it. And I can. My <laughs> advice is: you never look at how many people are showing up. Right. You pick a person who you write to, and you write for that person, and you write and you write and you write. And and maybe that person's you. There's a lot of other people in this world who are just like you, whether you know it or not. And they have the same interests as you do. And you you can teach all of these people something. You've got something to teach. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is putting in the hours, putting in the work, and you make it. You just make it. You make time for it, and you do it. It sounds silly, but... I see so many people give up after such a short amount of time because it is a lot of work and because they aren't seeing results. But really, the results are are coming, but they're just not anywhere nearby when you first start out. They're just not because you're in a giant ocean. Well, it's the, you know, the results are the experience that's gained by it all in that you get better, you keep honing it, and, you know, it just becomes something more. But you got to actually do it. You're right. I mean, you've got to actually do it and, you know, work at it. Um, 
Yeah. I hate to use the analogy of, you know, the, um, you know, the, the fresh out of college kids that are just like, you know, I expected architecture to be completely different than this. You know, I mean, why aren't we designing? Why, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that? You know, we went to architecture school. You know, it takes time. You got to build that in, in social media is, is absolutely the same thing. I think that's definitely something for a, a topic for later on. And maybe even, you know, with a couple of guests or two is talk about, you know, um, social media as a as a tool for the architect you know i think it's a good idea all right well with that if you have questions or comments visit our website at arcaspeakpodcast.com where you'll find links to our individual twitter accounts and the arcaspeak podcast facebook page another social media link <laughs> and there you can join in on our conversation as well and add your two cents uh, about what you think about uh, the topics we've talked about tonight and or you can also call the Arcaspeak podcast line at 415-484-8496 and um, leave us a message we're, we're we're hoping some people some more people do that We've had some people threaten they will. Hasn't happened yet. Tell us your story. That's right. Share your story. We want to hear it. Yep. All right. And with that, stay subscribed and thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. Bye.
Yeah.